And so our tutoring focuses on writing, presentations, and pronunciation. And the pronunciation one is probably the most unique. Uh-huh. We really had to develop that from scratch because we learned that some of our students were going to Cayuga Medical Center for accent reduction therapy. Huh. And this is both expensive yeah. and based on a philosophy we don't endorse. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> we value yeah. lots of different kinds of accents and yeah. we think that's beautiful and wonderful. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. We are joined by Michelle Cox, Director of Cornell's English Language Support Office. She talks about the programs they offer to support, empower, and engage international graduate and professional students on campus and in the community. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. It is my pleasure to welcome my colleague, Michelle Cox. Dr. Cox is the director of Cornell's English Language Support Office. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Michelle. Thank you for having me. So this English Language Support Office, you do a lot of important work, but before we dive into that, can you please tell our listeners a little bit about your background, the work that you do, any experience with language learning, with um, internationalizing education? Sure. And so um, my background is actually in writing studies. I have a PhD in writing studies from the University of New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. and I had done my secondary area in ESL writing. Okay. And then as my career has progressed, I've focused more and more on working with multilingual students. Mm, Nice. Um, And in terms of language learning, I've always loved studying languages. Yeah. And so I've studied six different languages. Oh, wow. Um, French, Spanish, Latin, German, Anglo-Saxon, and Classical Greek. Um, but I'm not fluent in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I still loved studying them and and learning about how languages work and learning uh-huh. about kind of the cultural aspects of language. So yeah. it was great fun. That's wonderful. So we could potentially maybe even do this podcast in German. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll stick with English. That's probably better for our listeners anyway. Um, so the English Language Support Office that you direct on, on campus, that's a fairly new venture on campus. Is that right? It is. Yeah. And so I was hired to start it in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first program that was here to work with international uh, graduate students. Okay. Um, there were other programs that preceded mine. Okay. Um, what's different about my program is kind of how it's situated on campus, I think. Uh-huh. And so um, we're funded through the provost office. So we're centrally funded. Yeah. And our academic positions are are in arts and sciences. Okay. Um, and another difference is that um, students um, get our, pro- our our programs for free, so they don't have to pay for our courses. They nice, don't have to pay for our tutoring program. Uh-huh. Um, it's all included through their tuition. Nice. And so we only work with matriculated um, international graduate and professional students okay. because it is funded through their tuition. Uh-huh. I see. So exactly what kind of programs do you offer for them? What What does the... Do you call it ESLO or ELSO? We also we we say ELSO. Okay. Yeah, and so we offer a range of programs. Um, 
We offer a set of writing and speaking courses. Mm -hmm. And so we offer 12 different courses. They're all half semester courses. They're all pass fail. And we offer two sets every semester. Mm -hmm. Um, And the courses really range. Some are, are designed for kind of a broad range of students where we teach a lot of strategies that can be adapted um, by different students depending on their discipline and where they are in their program. So courses like writing, revising, and editing, Mm -hmm. you know, introduce the broad range of strategies or a course like taking part in discussions. Um, And then we offer some courses that are meant to target specific groups of students, like a course I'm teaching now, which is Thesis and Dissertation Writers Workshop. Um, We offered a course um, last semester called Writing for Professionals. Hmm. Um, So we do try to to offer some that really focus in on particular groups and others that are kind of broad. Yeah. Um, and then we also offer tutoring. Tutoring is maybe our biggest program, really. Hmm. Um, we have, um, it's a peer tutoring program, and so we hire graduate students from across the disciplines, and we give them training to be able to do mm-hmm, this work mm-hmm. because, um, as you know, there isn't an applied linguistics program mm-hmm. here, so we can't hire people that have that kind of background. Yeah. And there also isn't, like a PhD in writing studies program here. Mm. So we have to train students Mm -hmm. to uh, learn about just writing, writing process and how to support that. And so our tutoring focuses on writing, presentations, and pronunciation. Okay. And the pronunciation one's probably the most unique. Mm -hmm. We really had to develop that from scratch. Um, We developed it because we learned that some of our students... um, we're going to Cayuga Medical Center for um, accent reduction therapy. Huh. And this is, um, you know, both expensive yeah. and um, really um, based on a philosophy we don't endorse. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> we value yeah. lots of different kinds of accents. And, yeah. you know, we think that's beautiful and wonderful. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to get rid of people's accents. We're trying to help people feel confident when they speak and feel like they can be, they can communicate effectively and be heard. Yeah. And so... Melissa Myers, um, one of my colleagues, is the one who spearheaded this. And um, the tutors who do the pronunciation tutoring actually get seven weeks of training before hmm. they oh, wow. are on the schedule. Yeah, And so they get the training by taking part in um, our course, Improving Pronunciation. So they sit in on the course. They tutor students during the course who are in the course mm-hmm. on things that the students are, are working on at that point. Um, and then once they feel comfortable, then they go on to the schedule mm-hmm. and they start working with students who walk in. And so the tutoring program is is great. It's really dynamic. Mm-hmm. The tutors um, learn a lot and get a lot out of oh, it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Um, and then the, the students just love that program. That's uh-huh. one of our most popular. Huh. Um, we have a workshop series. We offer six workshops every semester. Wow. And we really try to target a range of topics uh, related to writing and speaking. Um, and in fact, um, as we speak, my colleague Nathan Lindbergh is leading one called Preparing for the Career Fair. Uh, and I uh-huh. poked my head in the room and it looked pretty full and, and nice. people looked pretty, yeah. pretty engaged. And so that's exciting. Um, and here, too, we really try to create some that are kind of broad. Like at the end of this semester, we're offering one called um, Using Online Resources to Support Your um, pronunciation. Huh. Um, so that's one that's meant to help introduce students to different resources they can use over the summer. And it's really, you yeah. know, kind of broadly interesting. And then I'm, t- I'm doing one in a couple of weeks called um, How to Critically Review a Paper. Hmm, and it's yeah. really thinking about, like, when you're just reading a paper, how do you think critically sure. about it? 
Um, if you're a peer reviewer, how do you think critically about it? If you're asked to respond to a manuscript by a, like an mm, academic mm-hmm, journal, mm-hmm. like what's that situation about? So we try to 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 target specific needs. Um, we also have a speaking groups program. That's our conversational English program. Mm-hmm. And this program, too, is pretty unique because we put out a call to the entire Cornell campus mm-hmm. for speaking group leaders. And, um, and we get a broad range of participants, um, undergraduates, graduate students, postdocs, staff, nice. uh, librarians have come up to me and yeah. said how much they love participating huh. in the program. This year, we had some staff members from the Botanic Gardens. Oh, nice. Um, and a lot of these people have told us they love the opportunity to really get to know some international students, I bet. you know? Yep. Um, and so that's a great program. And and the, the group leaders get some training in um, cross-cultural dialogue, mm-hmm. but they're not expected to be like language experts or mm-hmm. anything like that. They're just there to be kind of the organizer to set up the meetings and be there to facilitate conversation and the group um, it's a, so groups will join and um, they'll meet uh, once a week for about an hour. And during the first meeting groups decide what the agenda is for the semester. Yeah. So their group might focus on like pop culture Uh topics. uh They might want to talk about their research. They might want to talk about culture. Yeah. Um, And others use as an opportunity to explore the region. Mm -hmm. So we had one group that met at a different restaurant each week. Oh, cool. That's (laughs) fun. Almost like a dining club. Um, They they really had a lot of fun. Um, And then our our last resource is um, we've kind of created a bank of um, materials for Uh students. And so whenever we run a workshop or have a course or for our tutoring um, and something comes up that students want to learn more about, we'll create a handout. Mm-hmm. And we house all of these handouts in our suite and students are welcome to walk in and take things off the handout tree. Hmm. And um, we also house them in our Blackboard site. And our program Blackboard site is available to anybody in the Cornell community who okay. wants to log on. And um, and all of our handouts there are there, sample syllabi, um, kind of vetted links to different mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. writing and speaking resources. And so that's what we offer. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, it's Keeps a lot. Keeps you busy. Definitely, wow. definitely. So you talked a little bit about the feedback that you get from community members who um, interact and, and work with some of the uh, international graduate and professional students. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does this group of international students bring to campus? Why is it Why is it important to engage with them? When students engage in our program, I just want to point out it's not because they're deficient mm-hmm, in language mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah. Like um, our programming isn't mandatory for any student. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not that they've been conditionally accepted mm-hmm, or accepted but told they have to use our program or told by their advisors they have to come to us. It's really because the students want to continue to grow as mm-hmm. communicators in English. Nice. Yeah. And I really think that says a lot because graduate students, I mean, you know, are busy. I yep. really do think they're the busiest people on campus. And yep. I think, you know, all of us will argue like faculty <laughs> are the busiest or undergrads, but <laughs> but grad students are yeah. extremely busy because they have so much to do in a short time. Yeah. Um, professional programs are often only a year long. Hmm. And so they're trying to kind of very quickly turn textbook knowledge of English 
into Mm -hmm. their main form of communication and learning and reading and um, doing things like going to the career fair, which is, you know, um, a cultural event in of itself that's really demanding in terms of communication. It's really high stakes. Um, And if you think about a PhD program, um, they're expected to be contributing to their field Mm -hmm. while they're graduate students. Right now, everything is so competitive that they're expected to um, actually, you know, often publish um, and sometimes quite a bit before they get out on the job market. Um, And they're really, really, really very busy. And so to me, all of this speaks to a really high level of commitment, Mm -hmm. dedication, hard work. And so I would say that that's really what they're bringing to campus. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. they're bringing this um, sense of diligence um, and, you know, hard work. Um, that enriches their courses, yeah. enriches their degree programs, mm-hmm. um, enriches their fields. Because they're also bringing, um, I mean, people talk a lot about kind of cultural diversity, and, yeah. um, and definitely, you know, they bring cultural diversity. But but if you think about what they bring to their disciplines, they're bringing these other educational traditions mm-hmm. and educational backgrounds into their field. Yeah. Uh, so they're uh, enriching their disciplines with traditions of disciplinary knowledge yeah. from other countries, um, huh. which is really quite amazing yeah. when you think about it. All uh, of these different funds of knowledge coming together in these courses and these interactions on campus at Cornell. That's so really quite wonderful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is that is a good point. I've never I guess I've never thought about it from from that angle. Yeah. That they don't only bring their own culture, but their own academic culture. They too. bring their academic and culture, their disciplinary culture. Yeah, huh. mm-hmm. yeah, very interesting. That's great. Um, are there any new projects or initiatives that you have planned for 2019? I mean, you <laughs> just listed so many. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the first year I really feel like we've. Um, kind of fully developed our program, okay. to be honest. So me and Melissa Myers and Nathan Lindbergh, we've been working really hard yeah. to develop our curriculum, develop our tutoring program, um, develop the resources. Um, and, you know, this is the first year we've offered 12 courses. Uh, this mm. year, four of those courses are new. Oh. Um, preparing for the academic job search, which mm-hmm. I'm offering in the second half of this semester. Preparing for the professional job search, which we offered in the fall. Research paper writers workshop, huh. which is a version of thesis and dissertation writers workshop, but for students a little bit earlier in their degree programs. Yeah. And then writing for professionals is a new course that we just offered last semester. Nice. And so I feel like we finally kind of developed everything. And this is also the first year where... We're feeling the limits of our resources Mm. most acutely Mm -hmm. because um, this year, our tutoring program, for instance, um, we we try to increase its capacity a little bit every year. Um, But of course, it's bound by our our resources. And this year, the utilization rates, which means the number of sessions that have been used, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, based on how much are available, um, was up to 93% wow. consistently, wow. Huh. which is too yeah. high. 
So according to like writing center professionals, um, what you're aiming for is a 60 to 70% utilization rate because once it exceeds that, it means that students um, get really frustrated because Uh. they open up the schedule and they can't find an opening. Um, And so we do have a wait list function and our wait list got very, very long. Mm -hmm. Um, And also our courses this year, this is the first year they've filled so quickly. So usually, especially... In the spring, we we do, usually don't fill our courses in the yeah. spring. In fact, last spring, we had to cut a section in the second half of the semester because it, it didn't reach huh. um, reach our minimum. Yeah. And um, this year, most of our spring courses filled during pre-enrollment. Oh, so wow. they filled, you know, mid-fall for uh-huh. spring. And um, we have a wait list of about 60 students right now for wow. our spring courses. Yeah. So it's been... Kind of demand has mm-hmm. been growing exponentially, yeah. and so I do have a proposal that I've sent to the provost to um, secure more funding, sure. especially yep. for our tutoring program uh-huh. um, and a, a different budget model for the next five yeah. years. So yep. I'm very hopeful mm-hmm. that we can kind of expand our programming to to meet demand. I don't yeah. expect to add more initiatives because I really sure, sure. think that we've <laughs> we've Hit kind of done limit. as yeah. much as we can with the resources yeah. that we uh-huh. have. Um, but it's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. That's great. That means the word is out and people, you know, appreciate the resources that you do offer. Definitely. So if anybody wants to learn more about maybe how to get involved or if we have some um, international um, graduate students or professional students who are listening, mm-hmm. Uh, where do they go? Well, the first stop would be our website, mm-hmm. Knight, which is um, K-N-I-G-H-T dot A-S for arts and sciences dot Cornell dot E-D-U uh, slash ELSO. Okay. Um, and you can also find it by going to the Knight Institute um, website. That's the Knight Institute for Writing in the Disciplines uh-huh. where we're based. And you can also find it through the Graduate School's uh, website. Um, so that's the first stop. And we love when community members want to get involved with mm-hmm. our speaking groups program. That's sure. our volunteering um, opportunity. Um, and grad students love meeting people from across the I Cornell bet, campus yeah. Yeah. Um, when they when they lead these groups. Um, grad students can also become involved by becoming a tutor for us. Uh-huh. And so they don't have to worry about not knowing anything about pronunciation yeah. or... Um, you know, kind of writing research will give them that training. Uh-huh. And we love um, having tutors from across the disciplines. Sure. And, you know, some of our best tutors have come from engineering and the hotel school. Yeah. And so we we love that. So uh-huh. we don't want anyone to shy away because of their yeah. disciplinary background. Um, if there's anybody out there that's interested in um, kind of engaging more with graduate communication support. There mm-hmm. is a national organization or international organization, I should say, called the Consortium for Graduate Communication. This uh-huh. is for anybody who's involved with um, teaching or tutoring, um, graduate writing and speaking, um, both international, multilingual, and you know, yeah, and all grad students. And so that's another way to kind of get involved. Uh huh. Wonderful. Great. Where on campus is your office located? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question that I didn't (laughs) think to talk about. We're in uh, Caldwell Hall, and this is the same hall where the graduate school is located and um, what used to be called ISSO, which is now Mm -hmm. called Office for Global Learning, I Mm -hmm. think. Yep. Um, And so that's where you can find us. We're on the second floor in 260. Great. Wonderful.
Well, hey, Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and to share all these wonderful resources. And thanks for all the work that you do. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And thank you for all the work you do. I'm so excited <laughs> that you're here on campus. Yes, it's it's I'm, I'm very glad to be here. It's a good place to be. Definitely. Despite the cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we talk about that a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we will talk about the Shared Course Initiative. The SCI is an innovative cross-institutional way to share language instruction between Cornell, Columbia, and Yale. Dr. Nelika Van Dusen-Schall from Yale and Dr. Stefan Haritos from Columbia will join us in the studio to talk about the history of the SCI and what it takes to make collaborations like this happen. Until then, auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupwitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupwitz. Original music by Sam Lupwitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.